Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Here we go, final part of life to the full, and I'm so excited about today. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject, self-control. Aren't you glad that you came to church today? Do not turn the video off online, okay? Uh, We're going to talk about self-control, and this is one of those subjects that none of us wake up in the morning going, man, I I hope I get to dialogue about self-control, but... It's something that is vital in our lives. A couple of weeks ago, Amber, she went to Costco, that's my wife, and she came home with something a little bit different that's not often in our house. She came home with two huge bags of Doritos. And it took my kids about a minute and 13 seconds to open the bag and just begin to demolish the Doritos. And and I said to myself in that moment, I'm going to be a responsible adult. And so I walked over to the cupboard and I found this small little glass bowl. And I I looked at this small little glass bowl and said, that's about a serving. I walk over to the bag of Doritos that my kids are currently demolishing. And I reach in, doing the responsible thing and fill the bowl up and, you know, kind of look at it. Okay, that's, that's about a serving size. And I walk back to sit down and something unexpected happened. As I began to eat one chip and two chips, all of a sudden the bowl was empty. And I realized there's no way that was a serving. (laughs) I must have grabbed the half serving size bowl. So I go back because God wants me to have a full life. (laughs) And I refill the bowl because a half plus a half equals a Thank you. So I'm now enjoying my my whole serving, and yet something unexpected happens. The Doritos disappeared even faster that time, and I said, "This, this isn't a half serving. This must be a quarter serving bowl. Come on. So what do I do? I go back like any responsible adult that loves Jesus and wants the best for his life and reach into the Doritos, fill it up a third time, and a fourth time, and pretty soon the bag was empty. I don't know how many servings I had, but I know this. Some of us know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know what they put in Doritos, but it is impossible to eat just one. Can I get an amen? You eat one, and you realize this is not going to end well. You eat one, and it, it continues to call to you. It, it beckons to you. you. You find yourself being pulled in to its centrifugal force. It's an amazing thing. Now, maybe, maybe for you, it's not Doritos. What's interesting about the idea of self-control, there's, there's a lot of people, when it comes to asparagus, they're like, I'm good. It's not like, I, I don't know what happened. I ate three bushels of asparagus. You know, a lot of people don't really wrestle with that one. But some of us, we we have this issue with this thing called cookies. How many people, you you don't just like cookies, you love cookies. Where's my cookie people at? Come on, I see you, I see you. 
I see you, come on, come on. Listen, this is a safe place, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, where's all the cookie people at? I know you're here, I know you're here. All right, okay, okay, I see you. Um, so to make this practical today, because I, I believe that part of our growth in our journey with Jesus, it's gotta be a community project, amen? And I noticed somebody here in the room today uh, who actually, I literally would not be here without him. It's my dad. He raised his hand. Dad, would you come here really quick? I have a community project for us today. This is a cookie. Come on up here. Now, this is what's known as the cookie from Met Market. It, it weighs about a pound, okay? And so what we're going to do, we're gonna talk about self-control. And we're gonna send this back with you and you're gonna keep this on your lap and you're gonna engage in the message today. How many believe he can do this? Come on. Um, and, and so I'm gonna give that to you. So go ahead, it smells wonderful. Go ahead, take it back to your seat. Um, let's give it up for Tim, come on. Do you believe in him? Um, now, Here's what we're gonna do though, just to, to keep accountability, the camera's gonna check in on you from time to time. Just so that those who are watching at home and those who are in the room, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure he finishes well, amen? Um, so we're, we're just gonna check in from time to time just to see how you're doing. So let's see, is, is the cookie still whole right now? Still whole, he made it to his seats. Ladies and gentlemen, he made it to his seats. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll check back in in a moment with that. Now, let's be honest. It's much easier to function in self-control when people are watching. It's a lot easier when there's a camera there. But most of life, we don't have a camera in front of us. See, that's how I end up eating eight, or I mean one serving of Doritos, is that nobody's watching. And it's easy to just kind of Keep going, and it's not just about food, friends. It, it hits so many different areas of our lives. As we bring this to a conclusion, once again, Paul's words, Galatians chapter five, is really this idea of what the full life looks like. You see, in John chapter 10, Jesus said that he's come to give us life and life to the full, and Paul gives us this description that the fruit of the Spirit, the, the characteristics, the qualities that the Holy Spirit is developing in us is these nine things, love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, we look at that, and, and many of us, we go, man, if I had some more joy in my life, I would feel more full. If I had some more love in my life, I would feel more full. Most of us did not wake up this morning and say, man, if I had more self-control, life would be great. Most of us, we, we kind of want to avoid that subject because we want a, a moving field goal when it comes to self-control. We want it when it's easy. We don't want it when it's challenging. But when we talk about self-control, here's, here's what we mean. The ability to pursue the important over the urgent. There's a lot of things in life that, that are urgent. There's a lot of things in life that, that pop up, and, and yet self-control is able to do this. It's to discern, determine, and prioritize what's important over what's urgent. Instead of always being robbed by our impulse or, or being uncontrolled, it's, it's to discern, no, I'm going to prioritize the right things. 
And here's the question that I want you to consider today. How often have you found yourself robbed of the full life because of a lack of self-control? How many moments of that that abundant life has been stolen from you because of that that momentary yes and and just kind of bending to what your appetite craves in the moment? I think many of us, as we look in the rearview mirror, we, we wish we could bring some of the words back that somehow found their way out of our mouths or maybe out of our fingers. We wish we could recall some of those things. Why? Because in the moment, a lack of self-control actually ended up robbing us of a full life. And so this matters. To help us understand that, I want us to look to a letter that Peter writes, 2 Peter. We're going to look at chapter 1. Peter, as he's writing to a group of Jesus followers, he's got this sense of urgency. And here's why. There's a bunch of false teachers that are circulating and they're spreading a false gospel. They're they're sharing things that are confusing the people. Even though this is an ancient text, it's very much in alignment with where we're living today. There's a bunch of perspectives, a bunch of ideas And Peter, in this sense of urgency, he wants to equip followers of Jesus to understand, listen, this is what you need to remember and hang on to. It says this, 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. His divine power has given us everything. Can you say everything? I love that. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Now, here's why this is so important. One of the false teachings that's circulating during this period is a false teaching called Gnosticism. Gnosticism was all about this special secret knowledge that that if you could get a hold of it, then you could actually set yourself apart. He says this, that flies in the face of this, this teaching, the knowledge of Jesus, not the knowledge of Gnosticism, the knowledge of Jesus who called us By his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that's in the world because of evil desire. Now, that's a massive statement. Here's the point there's certain things that God does, but there's things that we also, in partnership with God, engage in. So yes, there's elements that God does sheerly for us by himself. His grace, the gift of salvation, these are all things that God does. But as we receive those, then we partner with what God is wanting to do in and through our lives. He continues on. He says, for this very reason, make every effort. Can you say effort? Now let me be clear. Salvation is not earned. Some of us, we might hear this and say, wait, 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 Tyler, effort? I I thought this thing is about grace. It is about grace. Salvation is not experienced through your efforts or through your earning. But as we receive the grace of Jesus in our lives and we experience salvation, we then partner with what God is wanting to do in and through our lives. So this idea of effort isn't about earning salvation. It's about responding out of the salvation that you've received. He says, make every effort to supplement your faith 
with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with what? With self-control. It's interesting where Peter places this right here, right on the heels of knowledge, the very thing that, that has the church in a dangerous spot. And here's why. These Gnostics, these false teachers were saying, hey, because we have this special knowledge, we don't need self-control. We have this special knowledge. It doesn't matter how we live. It, it's about the right knowledge. Sound familiar? It doesn't really matter. I, I'm under grace. It doesn't matter. I, I can do what I want. And Peter here says, no, no, no. Make sure in this journey of everything that you've received for living a godly life is found in Christ. And he has given you these precious promises to, to participate in his divine nature. Make sure that out of that salvation you've experienced, you are growing in these characteristics. And he says, knowledge, self-control, he continues on. He says, endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. Peter here, he, he uses eight characteristics and he puts self-control right in the middle like a hinge. Paul in Galatians chapter five, he gives nine characteristics and he caps it off with self-control. Don't kid yourself, self-control matters. He says this, he goes on, verse eight. For if, can you say if? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, ongoing growth, ongoing growth, if you possess these in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, I want to be fruitful. I want to experience that life to the full. But in order for me to do that, I have to continue to possess these qualities, these characteristics in an increasing measure. In other words, i got to keep growing. It's not enough just to say, yep, I know about Jesus, I'm good. If you know about Jesus, there's some characteristics that the Holy Spirit wants to grow and develop within us. He wants to bring us on this journey. And yet here's the danger. To look at these characteristics and try to live like Christ on the external but not actually have the power of Christ internally is going to leave you discouraged, delusioned, frustrated. You're going to get angry and bitter with the church. You're, you're, you're trying to possess a form of godliness, but you deny the power that actually makes it possible. And so the goal is, isn't, isn't try to leave here saying, okay, Tyler said self-control. I just got to try harder to be more self-controlled. Let's be honest. You're going to make it maybe to Union Avenue. And then it's all going to fail. So it's not just trying to live out these characteristics in the external sense. We have to have an inward power that is bigger than the, the challenges going on around us. And can I tell you, the solution is Jesus. The answer is him. You see, we reveal these characteristics. We, we reveal the right character, the right conduct to the world around us. Why? Because Jesus has taken up residence in our lives. It matters. We have to remember spiritual growth is not automatic. There's a lot of people who say, hey, I, I said yes to Jesus. Awesome. Are you growing in him? Not a lot of amens there. Okay. 
Are we, are we growing in Christ? Because we, we gotta move from that decision to walking daily with Jesus. The, the call, Jesus didn't say the Great Commission is to go and help people make decisions. He said go and make disciples. Disciples keep journeying with Jesus. They keep growing with Jesus. It's not a, a select group of per, perfect people, by the way. It's people who are in the midst of the journey. But, but spiritual growth is not automatic. It requires cooperation with God and what he's wanting to cultivate in our lives. He plays a part, but friends, we also engage with what he's wanting to grow in us. Now, this flies in the face of what the false teachers are trying to accomplish because Peter here says that knowledge actually will lead you to greater levels of self-control versus the false teachers who said, hey, if you have the right knowledge, you don't need self-control. Today, it's, it's not about your power. It's not about willpower. It's about God's power at work within you. It's about God's power at work within us. You see, self-control, it's essential to experiencing the full life. And so today, here's what I want us to understand about self-control. Self-control is saying yes to the important, and it's saying no to the impulsive. Self-control learns how to say yes to what's important and no to what's impulsive. Now, can I tell you, as I'm trying to measure out my Doritos, it felt pretty important to get the right amount. But let's be honest, it wasn't actually important. It was just impulsive. How are we doing on that cookie, by the way? Still got it intact? All right. You still, come on, give it up for him. Still got it intact? All right. Here, here's why this matters. Self-control is more than just saying no. There's a lot of people, once we start talking about self-control, they, they begin to create a list of, okay, so I have to say no to this, no to this, no to this, no to this. It's not just saying no to the, the wrong things, it's also learning to say yes to the right things. It requires the right yes. In verse eight, Peter, Peter reminds us that we have to continue to grow in this, why? Because it keeps us from being ineffective and unfruitful in our faith, in our knowledge of who Jesus is. And, and this matters because we have to remember, we have to fight to remember, we are in the middle of a battle. Some of us, we get shocked when the battle shows up in our lives. But both the Old Testament and the New Testament make it clear for the follower of Jesus, a spiritual battle is normative. Some of us, we scratch our head going, God, what's going on? Why, why do I feel like I'm in a battle? And it's like, because that's what I said you're in. We are in a battle. Self-control matters. Why? Because we are all going to face the battle of temptation. All of us, whether it's Doritos or something more serious, we will all face and we will all encounter the battlefield of temptation. But not only that, we're also going to face the battle of tough times, aren't we? Some of us in the last year, we walked through some tough times and, and maybe some of the outcomes of our life would have looked a little bit different if we operated in a little bit more self-control. So the battle's always happening. And behind all of those other battles is our ultimate battle, which is with a very real enemy. And Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that his ultimate purpose isn't to just discourage you. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and 
destroy. He, he wants to destroy you. You can't tell me that self-control doesn't matter. Why? Because we're all going to battle with temptation. We're all going to battle with tough times. We're all going to continue to battle with a very real enemy. The good news is that enemy has already been defeated by Jesus. And so I can try to go into that battle in my own strength, or I can rely in the victory that's already been provided through Jesus. See, today I want to make this practical. Let me talk about two obstacles to self-control that we need to be aware of. Number one is this. It's an obstacle called exhaustion. Can you say exhaustion? Yeah, you sounded exhausted saying that. Exhaustion. Let's be real. We all get tired. Whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we all get tired. And why it's important for us to understand this obstacle is none of us make our best decisions from a place of exhaustion. How many of us, when we're exhausted and we're just hungry, we walk in and go, you know what, I should probably make a salad. That's not normally the thought. It's like, where's that Big Mac at, right? I, we... we we don't make our best decisions from a place of exhaustion. Jesus, he reminded his disciples the night that he was betrayed. He told them, he said this in the Garden of Gethsemane, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. These bodies get exhausted. It's not because of a lack of spirituality. It's because of the dynamic of your humanity. These bodies get tired. And this is where it gets dangerous because if, if we hear today's message and go, okay, I just gotta try harder, more, more willpower, friends, you're gonna fail. Why? Because you cannot engage in a spiritual battle with natural weapons. You will get defeated every single day time. And this has me concerned. It has me concerned for our society. It has me concerned for the church. It has me concerned for this place called Life Center. Because how often do we go to natural weapons instead of leaning into the spiritual resources that God has given us so that we can walk in victory? We need to understand exhaustion is a real dynamic. So don't, please don't leave here and, and go back to this checklist thinking, okay, a little bit more self-control, check. No, it's a characteristic that the Holy Spirit wants to develop within us. See, exhaustion, it, it repeats this thought in our hearts and our minds over and over and over. Exhaustion says this, this is why I can't. This is why I can't. I'm too tired. I can't, I can't continue to fight. I can't lean in. I, I can't do that. And there's so many people who are exhausted and they continue to believe this, this narrative. This is why I can't. The good news is it's never been about what you can or can't do. It's about what God has already done and what he's able to do in and through your life. So even where you can't, good news, God can. Because God never gets tired. God never grows weary. God's never gonna show up late to time with you and say, sorry, I hit the snooze button a couple more times. Wouldn't that be odd, by the way? conversation with God, he's like, yeah, oh, sorry, long night, carrying the weight of the world. You know, like, he, he doesn't do that. 
He does not get exhausted. Aren't you thankful for that? Exhaustion. Second obstacle, though, to self-control is this thing called entitlement. Entitlement. When we walk through life saying, man, I deserve this. You know, I, I worked pretty hard. This is so easy for me to do after, like, I, I've, I've worked out or done something. I'm like, you know what? I deserve that double cheeseburger with extra cheese and bacon. And just throw a side of cholesterol on there for me, you know? Entitlement. Entitlement. I, I think I deserve this. I love this description in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 20, verse 28. The author says this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. When we lack self-control, here's what happens. If, if you think about the, the time period in which this is written, one of the primary defense mechanisms was fortified walls to protect the city from its enemies. And when we choose to live without self-control, which is a choice, by the way, when we choose to live without it, here's what happens. One of the primary defense mechanisms that we have is broken down. And remember that enemy that we talked about, the enemy who's come to steal, kill, and destroy? He doesn't even have to fight to get in. We've given him free access. Because I'm living without self-control. I'm just, I'm living for myself. See, here's the danger. I think I'm in control, but I'm allowing other things to gain control. That's where entitlement leads us. I think I'm in control, but, but other things are, are gaining control. This area of entitlement, it also has a narrative that it continues to speak to our hearts and our minds, and it, it says this over and over and over again. This is why I should. This is why I should. Exhaustion says, this is why I, I can't, I just can't keep fighting, I can't. Entitlement says, this is why I should. I, I'm just... Yeah, I deserve this. Today, I don't want to just talk about obstacles, though. Let me quickly give you two ways, two keys to overcome these obstacles. Because the good news is God has solutions for us in the midst of the obstacles. God has solutions. So here's the first key to overcoming the obstacle. Number one is this. It's spirit empowerment. You want to overcome the, the obstacles surrounding self-control? What do you need? You need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. God in his grace, he rescues us from our sin, but he also takes up residence in our lives through his Holy Spirit. And this is so radically different than, than just willpower. I'm not here to talk to you about willpower. I'm here to talk to you about the Spirit's power in your life. Because it changes everything. Willpower on its own will never be enough. And here's the danger with just trying to cultivate and develop more willpower. It's all about you gaining control. That's never a winning solution, especially in the spiritual world in which we live. It's not about my control. It's about me relinquishing control to the true king and allowing him to empower me. See, Jesus, he reminded his disciples this important truth in John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I need the Holy Spirit. If I leave here and try to just do this through sheer willpower, I'm going 
to fail miserably. I need the Spirit's power at work within me. So Spirit empowerment. But the second gift is not going to sound like a gift. Spirit empowerment, here's the second gift that we can help overcome these obstacles when it comes to self-control. It's the gift of self-denial. Once again, zero amens. Tyler, that doesn't sound very much like a gift. Friends, even though the idea of self-denial isn't popular, I guarantee you this, it is powerful. It's powerful. The ability to look at ourselves and simply say, no, but I want it, no, but I'm craving, no. Those of you who have watched What About Bob, give me, give me, give me, I need, I need, no. Not, not going to do it. This, Matt, by the way, how are we doing on that cookie over there? Self-denial. Still looks mostly intact. Okay. Uh, you, you know, when it comes to self-denial, Jesus actually said this was going to be a characteristic of his followers. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, this is Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If any of you would, would come after me, in other words, be my disciple, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. See, in order to follow Jesus, there, there's this thing called self-denial that comes into play. And this is one of the ways that we overcome the obstacles of self-control. It's learning to simply say, no, and Jesus has the authority to call us to self-denial. Why? He, he can ask it of us because he himself first demonstrated it. He has the authority to do that. See, as we bring this journey through the fruit of the Spirit to a conclusion today, I want us to look quickly to Galatians chapter 5 one final time. And I want to follow with the two verses after Paul talks about these nine characteristics. So it goes down the list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says this, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. Can you say crucified? They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Here's, here's the challenge. You do that today, and guess what you're going to have the opportunity to do tomorrow? Crucify your flesh. And then guess what's going to be waiting for you on Tuesday morning? Crucify. And Wednesday night, crucify. And, and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, daily, we, we, we come to this place of Jesus, I really believe that your way is better than my way. And so I'm going to set aside this old pattern, this old way of thinking. I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to crucify my flesh with his passions and desires. And then look at verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. My question for you today, brothers and sisters, is what do you live by? If you live life just by the immediate appetites in your life, kiss, self-control, goodbye. But if we are choosing to live by the Spirit, here's the good news. The Holy Spirit's actually working and activating and leading and growing and maturing these characteristics inside of you so that you have the strength, the ability, even when you're exhausted, even in those moments where you feel entitled, you find a strength beyond you to say, no. 
though. And it matters because without self-control, it's hard for us to live out love and joy and peace. And how about this thing called patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control, it, it makes it work together. Self-denial, it's not just a, about an absence of you. It's, it's also including and remembering that you are relying on the Holy Spirit. We need him. Why? Because these obstacles are real. The obstacle of, of exhaustion is real, especially in the day in which we live. The obstacle of entitlement is real. Come on, let's be honest. Especially in the day in which we live. But God has provided spirit empowerment in the gift of self-denial. And we can, we can walk in these things. Why? Because at the end of the day, self-control is saying yes to the important. It's learning to say no to the impulsive. We cannot do this without Jesus. But I have good news. We have access to him. Since we have access to him, we have access to this life to the full that he promised us. Today, I want to talk about a couple of next steps before we are going to be sent from this place after we receive a second offering for the work in Calcutta as they're navigating the dynamic of COVID-19. Today, I want to talk about a few next steps. If you have your smartphone, would you grab those? I, I loved reading this last Monday, all of you who took a next step with us. And for those who are watching online, the team's going to put a link up. If you have a smartphone, you can scan that QR code. It'll open it right there on your phone. It'll take you about five seconds. It's my pattern every week, every Monday, I get an email and I read through these and I pray with you and over you as you take these steps. Step number one is this. Maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to earn good standing with God. Maybe you thought you could work your way to, to deal with the distance in that relationship. But it's not through your effort or earning that we experience salvation. It's through trusting what Jesus has done for you through his life, his death, and his resurrection. So today, if that's your desire, check that box. Maybe you prayed that prayer as we celebrated communion. Check that box. Check that box. Second next step is this. This week, I, I want to work with the Holy Spirit on rejecting the path of impulse. Maybe that's your next step. You realize, man, I, I need to work on that impulse thing in my life because it is so easy to just go wherever my impulses are leading me to. If that's you, check that box. Take that next step. In other words, in, instead of saying yes to impulse, we're going to learn to say yes to what's important. You never regret saying yes to what's important. It's amazing how many times I've regretted saying yes to my impulse. Maybe that's your next step. Here's the third next step today. It's, it's simple, yet it's profound. It changes everything. Maybe you need to partner with the Holy Spirit. You realize that so often you fall into this trap of, of hearing a message, but then you try to make it happen in your own effort. And I'm here to remind you, no, partner with the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do in your life, growing, cultivating it today. What's your next step? Take a moment, check one of those boxes. Would you join me in a word of prayer right now? Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness, how you lead us. Thank you for how you empower us with your spirit to live lives that are different. You really want us to live transformed lives. So God, I pray for your strength to do that. Help us to, to get off of the path of impulse and to, to choose to walk through life partnering with you, saying yes to what's important. Holy Spirit, would you empower us this week? Today, maybe it's your desire to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you check that box. Can I invite you to say this prayer with us? Would you repeat these words with me? Say, Jesus, 
Thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision?